Welcome to Magic and Mayhem. Discover the secrets to creating magnificent books for kids and teens. Magic and Mayhem is a free podcast and ebook series brought to you by the Australian Writer Centre, one of the world's leading centres for writing courses. You can download your free ebook about Magic and Mayhem, where you'll discover awesome tips and writing techniques from all of the authors featured in this podcast series. You can get it at magicandmayhem.com.au. My name's Valerie Koo. I'm founder of the Australian Writer Centre. This episode, we're talking to Ellie Marnie. She's an internationally published author of young adult fiction, and many of her books have been shortlisted for numerous awards. If you're a keen YA or young adult person, you may know Ellie from her work with the hashtag LoveOzYA movement, which advocates for and promotes Australian young adult literature. When Alison Tate from the Australian Writer Centre spoke to Ellie in this interview, Ellie had just started the hashtag LoveOzYA book club online, which is still going strong. Ellie had just published her second novel, but she has since gone on to publish an absolute swag load more. Her latest is All Aces, which is the third in her Circus Hearts series. Here's Ellie. All right, so um, as a YA author, and also obviously you're a high school uh, teacher, so you are a regular <laughs> visitor in schools, would you Most say... Definitely. That... Sorry? Most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> would you say then, like... Do you think it's challenging to engage teen audiences, like not only on the case of, in the case of you know reading, getting them to, to read your books, etc., mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. also you know if as because you do author visits, so going out to speak to authors to kids in schools, um, is it difficult to kind of get a teen audience involved in what you're saying? Um, look, I I mean look, there's two parts. Okay, so there's the there's the teen reading thing, which everyone sort of says, oh, you know, it's really hard to get teenagers to read. Um, look, I tend to think you, that's true to a certain extent because, you know, um, as you're getting older and and you're growing towards adulthood, you start to become interested in a, in a wide variety of things, you know, like mm. um, uh, phones and um, games and uh, extracurricular sports and, and suddenly you've got a whole lot more homework and, um, you know, there's other things like dating and, oh, you know, um, ha- household responsibility. I mean, there's a million things that start mm. to take up your time as you get older. Um, so I can sort of see where people are coming from when they sort of say teen- teenagers are hard to engage in reading. But I do think that um, that kids who start quite young as strong readers, that even if they um, if their level of reading drops off as as teenagers, it's something that they they come back to. You know, so so if you can continue to encourage and and provide motivation, you know, for for teenagers to read. If you keep throwing books at them, basically, mm. and saying, "Oh, you know, read this. You love this," and give them a recommendation from from a whole heap of different genres, and particularly target their interests, you know, because because I think you know a lot of people say, "Oh, you know, my kid was really loved reading when he was little, but uh, now he's older and um, he's he's stopped reading," you know. And I think, well. Maybe you're just throwing the same books at them that you were throwing at them when they were nine, mm-hmm. you know. But but now that they're fifteen, their taste might have changed and their interests have, have broadened or changed. So you really need to to try a whole lot of different things to to find out what's really grabbing your attention. And I think if you can do that, they will continue to read. Mm-hmm. They they will. And then after they've they've kind of gotten through the teenage years, they'll they'll maintain that that mm-hmm. reading habit. 
it's not something that goes away. If you, if you fall in love with books as a small child, then I really think that's something that will stay with you forever. Um, and as far as engaging teen audiences when you're going out, I actually, I actually love talking to teenagers because I think they're, they're funny and they're engaging and, and they always say something surprising. So, um, and I work with teenagers um, you know, day to day, uh, I also live with teenagers because I've got a couple of teenagers living in my house right now, my sons, my two older sons. Um, so I actually really like teenagers a lot. <laughs> and I think that when going out to speak to them, if you really like them and, um, and, it's, and it's kind of obvious that you like chatting to them and getting on with them, and if you're not too scared of, of teenagers as a group, um, then I think they're actually, they're a fantastic audience. You know, they're really, really, um, like I said, they've got wide-ranging interests. So they, they will, they will um, ask you loads of different curious questions. And, and I find them, yeah, really pretty connected generally and really fun to talk to. So I don't ha- tend to have too many problems when I go out to schools and, um, and talk to teenagers in schools. Um, yeah, and I guess, you know, being a teacher does help um, knowing what it's like to interact with teenagers on a, on a daily basis does give yeah. you a bit of a leg up when it comes to presenting. Yeah, okay. Well, because I know a lot of uh, people do find the whole notion of going to speak to a group of teenagers quite scary. So it's good yeah, to know that yeah. you're telling us they're still people, so that's nice to know. <laughs> a lot of parents find their teenagers, you know, like, oh, my God, this is a whole new person. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, they're, they're pretty good. Once you get to know them, they're, they're really nice. They go all right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they go all right. All right. So um, are you conscious of trying to build a platform to help promote your books? Like, have you been encouraged by your publisher to do that? Yes, of course. I think it's something that every um, author has to do now. I, yeah. th- I don't think it's, um, it's something that you can sort of uh, dip into or, or just sort of say, oh, look, I... That's a kind of a commercial game, you know, I'm not going to get involved in it. I mean, that's really an, an integral part of, of being a writer now yeah. is, is learning to engage with, a, with the, the readership that's out there. And also, you know, I mean, it's kind of fun doing that. Yeah. Um, and, and it's also something that, um, I mean, it, the tools are all there. It's, it's very accessible now. To, to communicate with readers, to communicate with booksellers and, and librarians, you know. I mean, librarians are great to talk to. Mm. And, and, yeah, I think, I think you're kind of missing out, actually, if you're um, not getting engaged and if you're not building a platform. And so what are some of the things that you do? Like, where do you tend to put your time as far as that stuff goes? Um, I have a website, which is kind of like a hub, mm-hmm. but then I also do regular blog updates on my blog, um, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I spend a lot of time on Twitter. <laughs> I, have to I mean, you know, Twitter is a real word medium and there are a lot of writers on Twitter. <laughs> it's really fun, um, isn't it? It is, it's really good fun. You know, I've gotten actually, I've, uh, particularly because I'm a rural writer and I live a long way out of town. So for me, Twitter has been a real lifeline because it's, it's connected me with the larger writing community in a way that I would never have had access to otherwise. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't get to so many events and things like that. So it's really important to have that, um, that access to the larger writing community. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Pinterest. They're, they're kind of platforms that I'm just starting to um, branch into. Mm-hmm. But um, I like it a lot, you know. I like taking photos, so Instagram's fun. And Pinterest, Pinterest is some, something that I think I could spend an awful lot of time on. <laughs> if, I, 
if I let myself. I know, that's but uh, at the moment, I'm just I'm just limiting myself to a certain amount of time each day. Otherwise, it could turn into an obsession. I, I think. think that's probably the key to the whole thing. All right. So, um, just to finish up for today, uh, we yeah. always ask our uh, interviewees um, mm-hmm. for their top three tips for writers. So, what would you say were your top three tips for YA writers? Top three tips for YA writers. Um, Okay, well then, my first tip would be read in YA. Mm. I mean, that sounds really obvious, but a lot of people try writing in the genre, in the category, I should say, Mm. before they um, have had um, a a really uh, good chance to to get stuck into what's already existing Mm. in the category. Mm. And, And so... So it's it's really important for people to be a little bit up with what's going on in the category and and who, you know, get to know a few of the people who are writing in the different genres within the category. Um, so yeah, look, that's really important. Read lots of YA if you want to write in YA. Mm. Um, I would also say get a platform so you can communicate with your readers. You know, whether that platform is on Twitter, whether it's on Facebook, or um, um, you know, something else or Instagram, find something that makes you feel comfortable yep. and and then you can branch out from there. Yep. And, of co- and the other thing is, um, like, I mean, this is just a tip for people who are, who are already getting into the writing, but, you know, you have to, you have to take a kind of a workmanlike approach. I mean, this is a general writing tip, I guess. Um, I'm I'm of the Stephen King school of writing, you know, which is just bum on seat, uh, just work mm. and don't get up until you're finished mm. and finish what you start, you know, like mm. like a bricklayer or a plumber. You know, yeah. I've started a job and now I've got to complete it. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I'm just not one of those people that kind of waits for the muse to strike or something. I think you have to be a bit more professional than that. I think you have to just knuckle down and work your way through that crappy first draft and then once you've got it all out, then you can go back and and, and edit and, and make it pretty, mm. yeah. Fantastic. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Ellie. It's been really interesting and I'm sure our listeners have probably um, got a lot of fantastic tips and things like that to, uh, to take away with them this week. So thank you very much and good luck with the next thing. Thank you very much for having me, Alison, and um, yeah, um, have a great day. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the interview. I'm Alison Tate, also known as A.L. Tate, and I'm the internationally published best-selling author of two epic adventure series for kids aged nine plus. There are four books in the Mapmaker Chronicles series, Race to the End of the World, Prisoner of the Black Hawk, Breath of the Dragon, and Beyond the Edge of the Map, and two in my latest series, The Adaban Cipher, The Book of Secrets, and The Book of Answers. Find out more about me and my books at alisontait.com. That's A-L-L-I-S-O-N-T-A-I-T dot com. This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre, a world leader in writing courses. If you'd like to write fiction for kids and teens, our five-week online course, How to Write for Children and Young Adults, will help you get there faster. Find your voice, create characters, dialogue and plots to fit your age group and write compelling stories that young readers will love, all in a couple of hours a week. 
You'll also enjoy the convenience of learning from anywhere and get your very own tutor providing personal feedback on your writing. Find out more at writerscentre.com.au slash children's author. One thing Ellie said was about getting teenagers to read. It can be tough with all of the other things going on in their lives, but as she said, if they were readers before, they will usually come back to it. Of course, there are voracious teenage readers, but maybe YA novels are a way to keep those other young people, the ones who are distracted by all the shiny new things in their lives, to keep them interested in reading, kind of keeping them warm until they're ready to make reading a more regular part of their lives again. You've been listening to Magic and Mayhem from the Australian Writers' Centre. For awesome writing tips and short story competitions and incredible life-changing courses that you can do in person or online, join our wonderful and friendly writing community. Just go to writerscentre.com.au and sign up to our weekly newsletter. That's writerscentre.com.au.